It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. Want those idiots who believe in analytics? Good Monday morning, too. It is a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, and of course, iHeartRadio. How you doing? It's Gil Alexander, as I mentioned. Uh, Jason Kahn is here as well, producer number seven. That's right. Hey, Gil. Good morning. Good morning to you, sir. Um, so much to talk about today. First of all, second hour, Jeff Parlay will be here with us. Jeff Parles, the uh, uh, co-host of Bet Center over here on the weekends at uh, VEASAN, which he does with, among others, Ben Wilson, Greg Peterson, Parlay, producer number five, eternally, he'll be here, second hour, hang out with us. Jason Weingarten from under a cloud of smoke in uh, in Southern Cali to talk some baseball with us. And uh, the guy, maybe some, maybe we need to talk about a home run title. Some, some player that I would guess 75% of our audience has never even heard of. We'll talk about that. Andy McNeil on a uh, sort of the hockey extension series um, of games. Hockey season was supposed to be over Saturday. It was extended till tomorrow, now extended through the week. That's the evolution of the hockey schedule uh, this year. Uh, so we'll talk about the, uh, the games that are being played today, if he's got any plays there, what his thoughts are headed into the postseason. We'll do that. Of course, the big story and we'll have both Ron Flatter and Peter Fornital from the uh, Money Players podcast come in here to uh, talk about this briefly. Uh, Bob Baffert. Bob Baffert, Medina Spirit, um, drug tested. Medina Spirit was, uh, was said to have uh, been administered more than an allotted amount of an anti-inflammatory drug. And Churchill Downs said, uh, you're done, Bob Baffert. And... We're waiting a second test to see what the what the ultimate decision is on this. But Ron Flatter is over there in Pimlico in Baltimore. We'll see if Pimlico, the folks over there in Baltimore for the second leg of the Triple Crown, the Preakness, have anything to say about Baffert. Uh, in what could be, and this is not an exaggeration, what could be the biggest horse racing scandal ever? That's what Flatter's calling it. I think he's right. And we'll check in with Wes Reynolds here momentarily. Wes, all things uh, NBA, and got to get his reaction to Rory winning the Wells Fargo Championship uh, this past weekend. Is Rory back? Uh, we'll get that answer from Wes. I uh, just want to point this out. i got a couple. And by the way, I have a whole bunch of French Open bets that I made this weekend in tennis uh, that are all down to the, the same two players, in case you missed it last week and the week before. Same two players that I have focused on on the men's side. Just in case this is the year the king of clay falters, Rafael Nadal. There's some indication that this might be the year, although it's a different it's a different type of clay at Roland Garros. So certainly not a done deal. But it, let's put it this way: it's the first time I've ever taken a shot on anybody else on the men's side of the French Open. You already know my ladies' pick, uh, but we'll get into that a little later. Uh, as far as today matches going on during the show and right after, uh, if you are following tennis. In Rome, they're playing on the clay in Rome this week on both the men's and the ladies' side. On the ladies' side, uh, this morning, uh, I have a couple picks. One during the show. This won't be for everybody because one's a one's a relatively large favorite. One's a relatively large dog. But I'm on Vera Zvonareva. Vera Zvonareva is minus 278 against the American Christina McHale. Zvonareva, pick number one. And then the uh, the second pick that I have is a big dog that's later, I think after the show, I'm on Camila Georgie at plus 272 against our girl Sarah Soribes-Tormo, like Georgie by the number on clay here at plus 272. So Zvonareva, uh, Zvono, let me say it again, Zvonareva and Georgie 
What a big favorite. What a big dog. That's your tennis place for this morning. Uh, before we get to Wes, let me just also say this. Because there is there is no end to the amount of basketball I could talk today. And we will, with uh, both Wes and with Jeff Parlay. But I think almost like the biggest, one of the biggest stories in basketball that's not getting talked about is what's going on at the bottom of the league as opposed to the top of the league. Uh, you know that we've we've made our hay doing Tankapalooza here over time, certainly in the year 2018. That was the golden era of Tankapalooza when the worst team, which ended up being the Phoenix Suns, got 25% of the ping pong balls. And what a job the Suns did. It was like 0-20-something down the stretch against teams that were non-tanking teams also. Uh, now it's 14%. Cut three ways. Worst three teams get 14% of the ping pong balls during the NBA draft lottery. Uh, but, you know, there's there's contingencies on some of these picks. And therein lies, I think, the biggest story. For instance, if Houston doesn't end up in the top four, that pick goes to Oklahoma City. So there's all kinds of little things like that. But the biggest such contingency... And by the way, it's Gil Alexander on a numbers game at VEASAN, the sports betting network, VEASAN.com, the VEASAN app, Fubo, Sling Game Plus, and of course, iHeartRadio. The biggest contingency involves the Minnesota Timberwolves, who clearly, with Russell Edwards and Towns, have not been tanking at all down the stretch. And in fact, are doing what I can only describe as the ridiculously stupid thing of winning basketball games. (laughs) And so as a result, what you have is a team, if Minnesota does not end up in the top three That pick goes to, guess who? The Golden State Warriors. Now, could you imagine the Warriors next year getting Clay back, getting Wiseman back, and getting whoever they end up picking up high in the NBA draft? If that is is not a top three pick, that goes to the Warriors. And by the way, Minnesota may be playing their way into like the sixth worst team. So the difference between, again, third worst, which is going to be 14% of the ping pong balls, to sixth worst is 9% of the ping pong balls. And you may say to yourself, well, do you expect them to uh, care about that difference? Uh, They better. I don't know if you know this. It's a numbers game. 9% ain't 14%. So to me, that's the biggest thing that no one's talking about, the bottom of the draft. As the Golden State Warriors lurk here in a play-in situation and then perhaps with another high draft pick courtesy of the Minnesota Timberwolves if the T-Wolves aren't careful. And I don't think the T-Wolves care. Clearly, they don't. Let's bring in Wes Reynolds, everybody. He's the host of uh, VEASAN's Long Shots. You can follow him at Wes Reynolds 1. That's the number one. Does everything here at the network. Um, I'd love to start. I'll end it with golf. Let's start with basketball, what I just talked about right there. Uh, am I right, Wes? Like, should Minnesota care more about this? Well, it's it's kind of surprising to see how they're playing I guess maybe it's not surprising when you look at the fact that there have been so few games because they made this deal where they wanted to get D'Angelo Russell together with Carl Anthony Towns and then of course you mentioned Edwards who was the top pick out of the University of Georgia one and done where these guys really haven't played a lot of games together this year because of injuries or because of COVID-19 what have you and now all of a sudden when you get some talent playing together they can actually win some games. And kind of how I treat these teams right now, Gil, just from a game-to-game basis, really, these teams that are out of playoff contention or they're kind of like hanging by a thread to try to get in that 10 spot like a team like Sacramento, more often than not, 
when you get these two teams that are going to play each other this late in the season, final week of the regular season, I'm going to look to bet overs in these games. Mm. Because as the games dwindle down and the season gets over, it takes a heck of a lot more effort when you know you're not going to the playoffs, when you know you're about to be cleaning out your locker and getting ready to plan your summer vacation. It takes a lot more effort to play defense. So that's why I think you're seeing these high-scoring games with some of these teams. Uh, Oklahoma City Thunder is very short-handed right now. I think it was not this past Saturday, but the Saturday before, they gave up 152 points to the Indiana Pacers, who are like an absolute mess. So from a game-to-game basis, that's why I've been playing overs. But to the macro point that you were bringing up about Minnesota, yeah, you look at them – and you can kind of see, okay, they've got at least a little bit of potential with Cat and with D'Angelo Russell and now with uh, Edwards that maybe they get another piece really high in the draft if they can get a top three pick or so or top five in the lottery that all of a sudden maybe you have something here with at least a strong young core. But now, you know, they're winning games and they're playing some other teams that have even less of an interest in winning games. And, it's taking Minnesota potentially out. I mean, obviously, what you mentioned, if they don't get in the top three, Golden State is going to get that pick with Curry, Thompson, and James Wiseman, and Draymond, where it's like the Warriors, you know, they, they're going to be in that playing scenario, but they still haven't been full strength, obviously, all year. So all of a sudden you're adding a really good young talented piece with that core that they have. Then you're looking realistically in a, what we would have as a normal 82-game season, that all of a sudden this is a mid-40s to high 40s type of win team. Talking to Wes Reynolds uh, right here at VEASAN, of course, host of VEASAN's Long Shots, Point Spread Weekly contributor, the Swiss Army Knife of VEASAN. I, I, I knew I could count on you, Wes, that you have a uh, a betting angle to that uh, T-Wolf situation with overs. Uh, you brought up your Pacers, and I say your Pacers. Wes hails from the uh, great state of Indiana, and so let me just seize on that for a second. I have a few bets uh, this was available in faraway places. Will a 10 seed advance to the playoffs? And I bet it a few times because they were limited, so I had to do it a couple times or a few times at plus 340-ish. And all I'm thinking about, this is in the Eastern Conference at plus 340, somewhere in that pocket, all three of them. And for me, that bet was I'm trying to get the Wizards to the 10 seed and have them advance. I don't really, I'm not really counting on anybody else, certainly not in the West. That's the team I'm counting on in the East. Uh, obviously the Wizards with a one-point dramatic win over the Pacers this past weekend. So right now, it's the Pacers in 10th, it's the Wizards in 9th. But I don't know if we're going to see Bradley Beal for the rest of the regular season. I really don't uh, with his hamstring. Certainly he's not playing tonight for the Wizards. But your Pacers, uh, they are tonight, just specifically tonight, uh, they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against Cleveland. One would hope they could get it done here. But beyond that, it's team turmoil. Where do you stand on them right now? Yeah, and and this has really gone sideways very quickly because they did, of course, fire Nate McMillan, who's now in Atlanta and still the interim coach, but I would assume he's going to get the head job down there. The players, I think, got tired of him. Maybe he got tired of the players, and they got Herb Simon, the owner of the Pacers, kind of pulled the trigger and go with a new coach. And Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan, who are kind of the brain trust, president and GM of the Pacers, fell in love with Bjorkren because they really wanted a Nick Nurse type. And I guess if you want to call Bjorkren a Nick Nurse type, he worked with him in Toronto as an assistant. So Bjorkren and Buchanan go way back to 
days coaching in Iowa. Bjorkern was in the G League and, and all of that. So they brought him in, and the Pacers got off to a really good start. Well, then all of a sudden, injuries and COVID-19 that affects every other team as well creeps in, and you've had Sabonis out for games. You've had Malcolm Brogdon out for games. Miles Turner now is back out indefinitely. They tried to return him into the lineup a few weeks ago. And what you've really noticed with the Pacers, they are scoring a lot more. Having Miles Turner off the floor has improved them offensively, but has absolutely been a disaster defensively. And they just don't have anybody in the post that's a threat to be a good defender and a good shot blocker. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these high scores in Pacer games. And now you're getting dissensions where Bjorkren has kind of become the micromanager a little bit and the players haven't liked it. You kind of saw it explode a little bit last week between assistant Greg Foster and Goga Batadze where they had to be separated and Foster ended up getting suspended for a game. I don't want to get into that. I made my thoughts clear on that. I think, (laughs) you know, coaches should be able to hold players accountable. Even in the NBA where the players really rule the roost and control the league. And, you know, Gil, the old adage with the NBA, you get hired to be fired as a coach in the NBA. That's just the way it works. So there is potential that Bjorken is a one and done, but then as a front office, you have to admit, okay, we failed, and they don't want to do that. So I don't know if Nate Bjorken is going to be out at the end of the year. There's certainly a possibility, but I also look at this Pacers lineup, and you look at the, the makeup of the roster, and I kind of ask the question, do the Pacers have players good enough to get coaches fired? Do these guys really have the stroke? to go and try to get a coach fired. They apparently did last time with Nate McMillan, but it's like these guys, they've never won anything as a group. It's not like this is Reggie Miller who had won playoff series, and if it's in the mid or late 90s, he could have went to Herb and Mel Simon and says, isn't working for me, fellas, you know, let's make a change. You know, Reggie Miller had that stroke because he's actually accomplished something with this franchise, and this bunch really has not, so – In that way, I have a little bit of sympathy for the coaching staff because it just seems like these guys are kind of being divas, that they're kind of a middle team and they're getting coaches fired. I mean, this isn't like it's LeBron and AD going to Jeannie Buss in L.A. and say, hey, this coach isn't working for us. These guys haven't really done anything. So looking at them tonight, you're starting to see some movement in the line. It's now eight and a half. Cleveland, obviously, is one of those teams that – quote, unquote, tank of Palooza. Darius Garland's still out of the lineup. They've had injuries all year. It's tough for me to lay eight and a half on the road, though, with this Indiana Pacers team that just is pretty dreadful defensively, and sometimes you don't know what kind of effort you're going to get in night in and night out. You're going to see them win by almost 60 points on the road against Oklahoma City, and then you're going to see them play at home against Sacramento and get beat by 15 and never really be in the ball game. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to sit here and advocate a bet on the Sixers at uh, you know three dollars or whatever it is you can find out there right now. We're showing plus three hundred at BetMGM to win the East, um, but someone may want to bet that. And I just want to talk about the Sixers in general. They look, for all intents and purposes, they're like they're going to be the number one seed of the Eastern Conference. Three games ahead in the loss column, with just four games left uh, up on top of the Nets and the Bucks, and. They're either the second short shot behind the Nets in the East or third. You can, in some places, they're third behind the Nets and Bucks to win the East. 
Are we sleeping on them? As I look at these possible potential playoff series, they'll obviously get the eight. Uh, I guess you hope you avoid a team like the Wizards that could be live. I'm not sure it matters, but maybe it does. But if, if you imagine whoever they get at eight, they shouldn't have trouble. They're number one. So they shouldn't have trouble with a, an eight in a, in a uh, series, a seven-game series. Then right now, anyway, it's the winner of the Knicks and Hawks in a second round. Boy, I don't, I don't think that would be. I mean, the Hawks are live offensively, but it's the Sixers. They should be able to beat that. Now, I'm sure they don't want to see the Heat creep into that, perhaps, with their uh, pedigree from last year uh, most recently. But I guess that's the general question. Are we sleeping on the Sixers? Is that the one team we just don't talk about enough? I think we are a little bit, Gil, and I bet them actually a 5-1 to one to win the East several weeks ago. And, look, I've always thought that this Sixers team, you know, they were getting hyped a little bit or maybe overvalued in the market over the last few years because I just think people put the cart before the horse with this team. But now I think they've clearly responded to Doc Rivers going to Philadelphia and a guy that obviously has finals experience. And now I think you have the additions that they've made, adding uh, Harris, that third scorer, and then having guys like Seth Curry and Korkmaz that can shoot off the bench. And now I think we're getting into this playoff scenario and the, just the whole dynamic of the schedule this year. It's going to favor them a little bit because you don't have to rest Joel Embiid on a back-to-back. I mean, you deal with this every night when you're doing bets for primetime action just on a nightly basis for this NBA card. And it's kind of like you got to wait maybe till about a half hour, 45 minutes before the game. <laughs> so true. Or you've got to anticipate and get the pattern of, okay, this is the second on a back-to-back, so it's probably already accounted for in the line that Embiid's not going to go. Even though he's gone with a couple back-to-backs here, in this early spring, but the playoff format and schedule is more conducive to him being out there every game where he's not going to sit out. And ultimately they're going to go, well, Joel and B takes them. And then whatever you end up getting out of Simmons, if he can play at a high level, is kind of a bonus because you know, he can be a little bit hit or miss offensively. But yeah, I do think we're sleeping on the Sixers. The Bucks did sweep them in the regular season, but I'm not going to put too much stock stock into that necessarily. And the Bucks did get two wins over Brooklyn last week, both games at home and Milwaukee. So Milwaukee probably is the team with something to prove because they've been that number one seed the last two years. They have not gotten out of the East into the finals. With Brooklyn, I wonder if they are kind of going to be maybe this year's Clippers or last year's Clippers, I should say because the Clippers got George and Kawhi and kind of their own little super team out there. And then they get beaten the semifinals in the West in the bubble by the Denver Nuggets. So maybe that happened to Brooklyn this year. We just don't have a lot of games where Kyrie and Harden and Durant have played together. So I'm a little more lukewarm on the Brooklyn Nets than I think the rest of the market. So I think this could be the year the 76ers finally reach their potential and get to the finals. By the way, Lakers fans, uh, for those uh, hoping, or those with Lakers tickets, hoping the Lakers get out of a play-in situation, and they do have to catch the Blazers and the Mavericks and or the Mavericks to get there, because right now the Lakers are a seventh seed with four games left. Shams uh, Charania with the latest on LeBron James, this just in. Uh, Looks like LeBron is targeting tomorrow night against the Knicks uh, for return to the lineup from his sore right ankle. Sources tell the Athletic and Stadium, if not Tuesday, then the following night versus Houston is possible. All right, we'll have uh, 90 seconds here, even less, uh, Wes. 
Rory wins the Wells Fargo Championship. Uh, obviously, he's been coming off the worst stretch of golf of his career, but he gets it done. How do you feel about him moving forward towards the PGA? He's back to where he was at, at, at his height in your mind, just like that? I guess back being a relative term, this was kind of one of the perfect places to get right because he had won the Wells Fargo twice before, now a three-time winner. And then, of course, next week after Dallas, he has Kiwa Island where he won the PGA in 2012. So I think part of it is that the schedule worked out for him and also the fact that even though he had slipped, he had not fallen off the earth kind of like Ricky Fowler has. So it's like really good players like McElroy even if they're in bad form, you never feel like they're ultimately that far away. And that's why you didn't see him drift up to like the high 20s to win this event. And now you're already seeing it some notable books out there. He is the 10 to 1 favorite to go ahead and win at Kiwa Island next time, where he did back in 2012, won by eight shots over the field. So I guess he's back or kind of back. It depends on your perspective. <laughs> okay. I'll take that as a, as a good maybe, good, uh, a good hedge there. <laughs> and, I, and I look forward to talking to you, Wes, as the PGA uh, approaches later this month, man. Can't wait. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you bet, Gil. Thank you for having me. Wes Reynolds, everybody. You can talk to Wes, by the way, about any subject on earth. If I had thrown out 90s R&B or God knows what else, he would just bat it right back to me. Love that guy. Uh, I think he was even mentioning the purple drink. Uh, a couple weeks last week, which is a whole other subject. I'm just saying, he knows about everything. We'll come back. Horse racing's biggest scandal ever, potentially. Next with Ron Flatter. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. With basketball, hockey, and baseball games every week, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Just download the app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport, whatever your betting style. You're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800- 522-4700. We get tweets. I just want to read this one because uh, Ron Flatter might have something to say about it. Uh, this is from Bucket Billy in D.C. Thomas Boswell retiring. Reminded me of one of the best sports columns I've read. His column after Joe Gibbs' first retirement. Thomas Boswell, who uh, wrote for the Washington Post. Uh, those of us who grew up in D.C., we had Kornheiser to read. Will Bond, both who ended up on PTI, obviously Thomas Boswell, uh, for horse racing people, Andrew Beyer. Just what a what a rearing to be able to grow up on the Washington Post sports section. So shout out to uh, Thomas Boswell. What a career. Uh, as John Thompson said about his writing, he writes from the heavens. Imagine that. Uh, this man writes from the heavens as well. Ladies and gentlemen from Horse Racing <laughs> Nation, it's Ron Flatter. How you doing, Ron? Yeah, uh, boy, to compare me with Boz, uh, that's something. I sat next to Boz at an all-star game in Oakland that, back in, I want to say, 1987. And we were both marveling. Or no, it was a playoff game. It was an A's playoff game. We were both marveling at the fact 
that the A's were first pitch swinging like crazy in that series. And, and we were wondering, what, what is La Russa thinking? And here we are all these years later, all, still asking the question, what is La Russa thinking? What so, is La Russa thinking? That's right. Yeah. All right. So Medina Spirit wins the Kentucky Derby. At least that's what we saw with our eyes on Saturday. Then we find out uh, that Bob Baffert's horse, and you'll, you'll help me with this now, and you'll correct me where I'm wrong, tested positive for an anti-inflammatory, but not a banned substance. They just exceeded the amount. Uh, and Baffert, though, says Medina Spirit never administered this period. Uh, what's the procedure now? What's the se- When's the second test? When are we going to find out about that? Yeah, so we, that's the big question, and that's the cloak and dagger. It's almost like waiting for the white smoke to come up from the chapel. And the best guess is it's going to be Maybe a couple weeks, there's speculation that the test is already done. But usually what happens here is they go to a second laboratory to check it so that the first lab isn't trying to duplicate its own results. So that's part of the process. Uh, The best guess is it will not be this week. And as I stand here at Pimlico, right on the edge of the track, watching the Japanese shipper, France Go to Ina, doing a little canter around the course and stretching his legs, the big question is, will Medina Spirit be in the same race as France go to Ina? At this point, the Maryland, uh, the Maryland Racing Commission is saying there's no reason we have to remove him from the race. Will Bob Baffert be allowed to be here? That's another question. And in whose name might this horse be trained? So those are all the questions sorting themselves out. But more to the directing about the Kentucky Derby, if that second test comes back positive, Medina Spirit's going to be disqualified and let the legal wrangling begin. So remember when you were on last week after the Derby Flatter, the first thing I said to you was, tell me why I shouldn't bet Baffert horses every single time. And the implication, and I think you caught it, because then later in the week Chris Felica was on, and he said exactly what he and I and another uh, were texting, our buddy E were texting about, which was, why shouldn't we bet on Baffert's roided out horses? That's what people are saying behind right. behind That's the uh, behind the scenes. And so here we are now the next week, and it's like, well, there it is. And so, I, I mean, first of all, for betters, they're out of luck. So while so mm-hmm. even if so even if Mandaloon is declared the winner, right? right. Mandaloon finished in second. Too bad for betters that had Mandaloon. That's the horse has left the uh, stable, if you will. Right. The the bets have been graded and it's all done. It would be the same thing as uh, having the NCAA championship vacated or an NCAA tournament game vacated years later. Well, those bets don't suddenly come back to the surface and get recashed a different way. Same thing. So, yeah, that's right. Betters are SOL. The other side of this, though, when you bring up the question about why wouldn't you bet on Baffert horses, period. Uh, well, I, who knows what the future tense is going to be on that. Uh, it's, the two sides of this, Gil, are that if, you, if you're in the Baffert camp, it's a witch hunt, although Baffert refuses to acknowledge that's the case. He says he's not a conspiracy theorist. If you're on the other side, you're sitting here saying, why in the world does this guy always get pinged? But there's plenty of trainers out there who don't. So that's the issue here. Ron, it's like I was watching some scammer show the other day, and it's like this guy who, like, mysterious, you know, he found like five 
unbelievable, you know, historic artifacts. Uh, this had to do with the Church of Latter-day Saints. But it's like, after a while, I kept shouting at the TV by myself. I'm like, really? They believe that this dude had five different moments in his life of this dumb luck? It's kind of how I felt about Baffert a couple of Saturdays ago. I'm real. I'm serious. Uh, hang around, because Peter Fornital wants to chime in on this as well. And I want to ask you, is, is Bob Baffert the Lance Armstrong of horse racing? We'll come back right here on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. a numbers game with Gil Alexander. If you missed any of our shows today, or any of this show, or any of the VEASAN broadcasts, be sure to check out our free VEASAN podcast. You can catch up on Follow the Money, a numbers game, or the Lombardi line on the daily VEASAN Best Bets podcast. Also check in with the Beating the Book pod. Hey, I know that podcast. Josh Applebaum's Market Insights. Get PGA Tour betting previews on long shots. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod and the NBA Scoop with JVT on Hardwood Handicappers. Whatever you're betting on, we have a pod for it. Find them all at, uh, for free, rather, at vsan.com slash podcast. That's vsan.com slash podcast. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, this is the Bob Baffert statement uh, sent to Horse Racing Nation Yesterday, uh, this is Baffert. Yesterday, I was informed by the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission that Medina Spirit allegedly tested positive for 21 picograms of betamethasone. I want to be clear on three points, Baffert goes on to say. First, I've seen it reported that betamethasone is a banned substance. This is not true. Betamethasone, uh, if, if you could let me finish that first part, is allowed. Um, second, and more, uh, is, is an allowable therapeutic medication. Thank you. Second, uh, Baffert goes on to say, and more importantly, at no point in time has anyone in my barn or any of my veterinarians ever administered betamethasone to Medina Spirit. I do not know how betamethasone could have possibly gotten into Medina Spirit, but I do know it did not come from me. Therefore, I intend to thoroughly and transparently investigate the matter to determine how this could have happened. We will have the split sample analyzed and DNA testing performed. That will be the first step in the process. By the way, just let me just say this as we bring in not only Ron Flatter again from VEASAN, but Peter Fornital from the In the Money Players podcast. Uh, and thank you for joining us, uh, Peter, as well. Uh, but Anne, behind the glass, I just want to point out that people have different opinions of this kind of stuff. Anne immediately said, this reminds her of a Remington Steel episode in the 80s where someone <laughs> someone oh, wow. went around Baffert and, drug, and, and really did do this to the horse. Peter, where, where do you stand on this? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I, I wish we had firmer ground to stand on at all. I mean, obviously... My overwhelming reaction is one of disappointment, horse racing. We just keep seeming to have the be in positions where it's one step forward and two steps back. And to go from those high highs of really feeling like we were turning the pandemic uh, corner uh, a week ago at Churchill Downs to having to deal with this again. And this is so upsetting because it's so familiar. Uh, we've seen this barn get into uh, these pickles, we'll call them, uh, just too many times at this point for, uh, unfortunately, from where I sit, for the excuses um, and and lashing back out. While that might be a valid PR strategy, it doesn't uh, win me over. It doesn't have the ring of truth to me, I'm afraid. You can follow Peter, by the way. Peter Fortital at Looms Boldly, one of the great Twitter handles of all time. Uh, Ron, I, I, <laughs> I asked you earlier, is, is it the biggest scandal in horse racing history? I even invoked the name Lance Armstrong. Is Bob Baffert the Lance Armstrong of horse racing? On his way to being there, and if this is confirmed, he would be, wouldn't he? And, uh, you know, and I raised the question. I did a pop-up podcast, so you mentioned my podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, there's a pop-up episode that we put up yesterday that's still certainly valid today as we 
wait for all these things to unfold. And uh, it is, uh, it's a case where you look at this and you say after a while, yeah, you, you, you start to say, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, there's only so many times you can say, honey, it's not what it looks like. And that's what's really going on here. And isn't it seem like every other circumstance where we've heard uh, people who wind up becoming drug cheats, then they get caught out. Now, I'm not saying that's the case with Baffert because we're still waiting for the evidence to come through here. And he did get himself exonerated in four other cases here in the last 18 months. So maybe he does again. Maybe he slides again. So I, I, it, you're talking about ground to stand on here. I, yeah, it's hard to stand on ground on either side of this because we still don't know everything on either side. Awkward for you as a guy who's had him on your podcast a lot of times? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have made no secret of the fact that we are friendly. I consider him a friend. And that's why I try to defer to others who probably are in a better position to be uh, a lot more centered in terms of their opinion without being swayed one way or another. Peter, uh, back to Peter Fortisal for a second. Uh, Peter, you know, look, horse racing, you know, when we when we watch the Triple Crown races up here at the South Point, you can't help but look around and, and, and say to yourself, is the average age in here like 65 years old? So it's, it's already a sport that you worry about, right, just from that standpoint. Good God. I mean, what does this do to like, what are we watching in the short term? Uh, ironically, I, I think it could prove a, a boon to oh, the, the Preakness ratings, uh, potentially just because we're getting so many national headlines. But I mean, your larger point, though, is correct. One thing that we have a lot of trouble with in the horse racing media is we're not journalists the way. And, and I don't mean to speak for, for Ron with this. He might consider it differently. But in, in my case, I don't consider myself a journalist the way a journalist covers Major League Baseball or the NBA. I'm like, I'm more of a marketing dude, right? Like, that's kind of my job is to make racing fun. And, you know, we've had some success. Well, I don't deny your point about the, the high average age in Vegas. There is a vein of younger fans around the country. And it's my job to help get them engaged and keep them engaged these type of stories and and uh you know frankly the actions or lack thereof of the of the baffert barn over the course of the last few years makes my job awfully difficult yeah it's very honest i i appreciate that um look so again for for betters out there who are holding a mandaloon ticket uh you're out of luck <laughs> uh even even though yeah. history may may say that mandaloon ultimately is the derby winner and how awkward would that be if we have a triple crown winner that you know that where the derby ended up the way it did just sort of thinking all possibilities here so as awkward as this is uh peter we'll start with you because we only have a, a few seconds here um the preakness draw which was supposed to be yesterday or supposed to be today rather is tomorrow um or was it supposed to be yesterday or today i can't even keep track anymore no, today it was today to tomorrow now tomorrow today to tomorrow thank you ron uh, all right. Well, Ron, since you chime in, let's start with you. We'll go to Peter afterwards. Give me, I mean, we don't have the, we don't have the, the draw yet, but a horse or two that you're looking at then here for this Saturday's second leg of the triple crown. Ron Bauer. And I like him for a lot of reasons. I won't get too far into it because we don't have a lot of time where we can do that later in the week. But Ron Bauer, good closer one. The El Camino Real Derby finished third in the bluegrass behind essential quality and highly motivated. A closer who I think could be treated kindly on this track. This track has a reputation for being a speed track, but history belies that, Gil. If you look at recent years, closers have done okay on this track. So I'm looking at Rombauer, and, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, Pete, the draw was probably pushed back a day so they can figure out if the Baffert's going to be allowed in and under sure. what status and, and Medina Spirit. 
will be allowed in. And, and, and if he's not in the race, that takes a little speed out of the equation. Absolutely does. It's really hard to ask that question today. We'll probably talk about this further in the week. Uh, but, Peter, any preliminary here as we go out? Let's just say I don't think this is going to happen. I think Baffert will probably be allowed to run for complicated political reasons, the ownership groups being the same of Maryland and California. But if he's not allowed to run, Midnight Bourbon might look pretty good on the lead. All right. Mm. Ron Flatter with the uh, with the mm from uh, Pimlico mm. itself in Baltimore. Peter Fornital, uh, again, host of the In the Money Players podcast, wherever podcasts are distributed. Thank you, gentlemen. I didn't think I'd be talking horse racing this morning, but here we are. And I appreciate the perspective. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Cheers. We're coming back. We'll talk some hockey. Andy McNeil from Edmonton, Alberta. See if he has any plays as the hockey season extension is underway. Right here on the Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Join the sports betting excitement with BetMGM, and you can win $100 for a $1 wager on either the Bucks or Spurs to hit a three. Just use bonus code VSIN100 and get in the ring with the king of sports books so that you can turn game time into showtime. Simply download the app or go to betmgm.com for more details and use promo code VSIN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. one 800 270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, in Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We get tweets at Beating the Book. Always appreciate the feedback. Uh, this is from uh, Eric Torres. Uh, looking good with the high fade. Props to the barber. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. It's fashion stylist Deborah Song. Johnny Ringo, horse racing is on life support. Guys like Baffert are assisting and pulling the plug. No doubt about that. Um, I really meant what I said about the whole thing about, you know, relating it to, a, to like, scam documentaries. I'm like, really? Y'all believe this guy, like, randomly found five historic artifacts? This one dude, oh, I found this one in a book in a library and this one. Like, at what point are you like, okay, what's going on? And I will tell you this. I resisted this with Baffert for a long time. But when Medina Spirit won it, that was the first time I was just like, okay. Because even Baffert couldn't sort of pull it off. He's like, wow, I'm so surprised. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, this is the latest. I mentioned this earlier on the show. This is, again, once again from Shams. Bradley Beal will miss the next two games and be reevaluated on Friday due to a hamstring strain. I said it earlier on the show that I think Bradley Beal is going to be out for the rest of the regular season. Because why would you care? If you're the Wizards, uh, right now, if you look at the if you look at the Eastern Conference standings, so the, the you know the Wizards are in ninth place. The, you're, I mean, it would take a miracle at this point for them to fall out of the play, and that's not really in jeopardy. And their ability to advance 
Well, they could get to the eighth. They could get to the eighth seed. So I shouldn't say they they don't care. They do. Um, so there is incentive for them to because again, here's the thing with the with the whole playoffs and the play in. Seven plays eight. Remember, the winner gets the seventh seed, but the loser would have to play the winner of the nine ten end of regular season to get the eighth seed in the playoffs. So yes, the Wizards do have incentive to climb from nine to eight, but they know he's not playing. Uh, tonight, and they know he's not playing um, in their next game either. Both, by the way, against Atlanta at Atlanta. So, and by the way, they're seven and a half point dogs at Atlanta tonight. So, if you know he's not playing these two games, and let's say Washington loses both, and the Pacers then go ahead of them, at that point, then they will have probably no shot at getting to eight. And I think you just sit Bradley Beal the last two games. Now, for my will a 10th seed in the NBA East get into the playoffs bets, which I made at, and I got the exact numbers now, uh, I made them at plus 351, plus 328, and plus 307, all all with the hope that it's the Wizards who end up in 10th, full strength Wizards. That's good for that bet. Now, I hope Bradley Beal's hamstring's fine. But I would have no problem with the Wizards taking the conservative way if they lose tonight and if they lose the next game to Atlanta and saying, you know what, we're going to sit Bradley Beal for the next two also. Four games left in the Wizards season right now in the ninth position, but without Beal perhaps teetering to go into tenth. But not really in, in any jeopardy. Almost mathem- I mean, mathematically they could get knocked down entirely, but um, that would take an uh, a entire collapse for that to happen. No one more alive. Uh, and no one more fun to watch than the Washington Wizards at full strength these days with Russell Westbrook just having the month of his life. Not only is he having a, a triple-double in May, but it's a 15-15-15 triple-double in the month of May. It's just out of control. Uh, let's talk a little hockey. Let's bring him in from Edmonton, Alberta. And when I say a little hockey, I do mean a little hockey because that's where we are right now. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, the season was supposed to have ended on Saturday uh, when the schedule first came out. Then it got extended till tomorrow with COVID-related and weather-related makeups. And now it's toward the end of the, end of the week because the Canucks have all these games largely to make up. So that's where we are. It's sort of like the hockey extension season. And we bring in Andy McNeil. How you doing, man? You ready for the playoffs? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm ready for the playoffs. I'm not sure that I'm, I'm ready for all the nonsense that, that comes with it. With it but... Uh, but yeah, I'm ready. All right. Well, let's. Well, you just said it. Let's seize on that. I gotta. I gotta elaborate now. Yes, the nonsense that comes with it because I forget that this is what happens every uh, postseason. Please explain. Well, I, 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 more more so, I'm talking about just the media aspect of things, and and I guess it's a little bit of a tip to, um, uh, from a betting perspective, to, you know, maybe avoid. Um, Putting as much. There, uh, let me rephrase this. The playoffs, I think, highlight everything that I don't like about the NHL: the randomness, the small sample, um, um, you know, just just the 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 uh, the recency bias is 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 huge in the playoffs. I mean, there were times uh, throughout last year's playoffs where I was, you know, I I've, it was maddening trying to defend some of my my own opinions. Uh, based on you know what had happened over the course of a couple of games, I remember at one point I felt like I was 
um, I almost felt stupid, um, you know, uh, talking about how the Avalanche uh, were, were, you know, much le- less likely to win a game with Michael Hutchinson in goal than they were Philip Grabauer, um, you know, because Grabauer had gone down with injury. He hadn't played that well. Um, and, and Hutchinson comes in and steals a couple of games. But, you know, it, it's these, these are the things that are going to happen. There's going to be, um, you know, strange occurrences. And, and uh, it's it's. Um, uh, probably best to you know draw your own conclusions and don't um, buy as much into the hype uh, you know that, that the media creates for sure. Yeah, let me let me sort of uh, piggyback on that. So fair to say that your numbers and then obviously there's you know players that play in certain games and others, but here we get to the postseason now, and so everybody's fully incentivized. Fair to say that your numbers manifest over a series uh, more often than they would over any one game. So in that respect. I guess that's a good thing, but I guess what you're talking about is along the way to winning the series, you sort of have to deal with everything, you know, all the different biases that betters have and all the different, uh, you know, quirks, if you will. For sure, yeah, no, it's and I just mean for for me, uh, you know, being in this media racket, uh, I guess it it just um, (laughs) it, it, it it it. I guess it heightens it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of on guard. I'm coming into each day like, oh, you know, I've got to go in and, and defend uh, this this opinion that I've, you know, crafted with rigorous statistical analysis uh, against uh, what somebody watched on TV for, for 45 minutes last yeah. night, right? And it's, yeah, it's, uh, right. Uh, it's, it's tough the day bet- in, day out. And then sure. there's a whole group of people that just show up for the playoffs, right? As you said, they haven't seen anything before that. Yeah, yeah. they haven't paid attention all year long, and now they put their hockey hat on and, and you know, they uh, come out of the woodworks. All right, well, there are nine games today, Andy, which is really, I mean, the most we'll have again this regular season. I guess we have five on yep. Wednesday. But other than that, it's like twos and ones the rest of the way. Because, again, these are all makeups. But tonight we have nine. Um, did you find anything you like, anything bettable here? I haven't played anything yet, um, and the reason is um, is that you know there's a lot of questionable players today. Goaltending is up in the air in a lot of uh, of these games. Um, you know, we look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. This is a playoff preview. These two teams are going to meet. Um, you know, but but this is is not the matchup that we're going to see uh, a week from now. Uh, Steven Stamkos isn't in the lineup, hasn't been for a month. Obviously, Nikita Kucherov hasn't been in the lineup all season. Both of those players will be ready for the playoffs. Uh, but since then, the Lightning have lost Victor Hedman, Barclay Goodrow, Pat Maroon to suspension, uh, Ryan McDonough. They're hurting, right? And and um, you know, the, I don't I don't think there's any value in the price right now. But they could opt to to rest Andre Vasilevsky, and in that case, um, there might be. Um, but um, you know, then you, you look over uh, to the, the Carolina and Nashville game, and that's another playoff tune-up, another playoff preview as those two teams will meet. Um, you know, who, the, who do the Hurricanes rest? Uh, they, they've got, you know, really nothing to play for here outside of wanting to put their best foot forward against the, the team that they're going to play uh, next week. Um, but, you know, do they rest Dougie Hamilton, Sebastian Ajo? Uh, you know, do they give both of their starting goaltenders off and, and give James uh, the night off and give James Reimer the start? These are all things that I'm, I'm looking at today. Uh, and then I think the most interesting game uh, of the night is, is Vegas and Colorado. Um, if the Golden Knights win in any capacity, that clinches the division, uh, the West Division, and the President's Trophy for Vegas tonight. So it's, it's a big game. Um, Colorado's hurting. Nathan McKinnon has missed a few games now. Um, Samuel Girard, uh, Brandon Saad, 
uh, Carl Sodenberg. They, they've got a cluster of injuries, um, and, and you know a lot of those players are, are questionable heading into tonight's matchup. And um, I, I can't, in good conscience, uh, make a play on the Vegas Golden Knights, even though I'd like to right now at minus 110, assuming all of those players sit out tonight. Uh, I can't do it uh, knowing that you know there's a lot at stake here, uh, and, and hockey players might find a way to uh, you know will themselves to play through an injury uh, in order to, uh, you know, try to get this win tonight. So um, a lot, a lot of stuff to monitor today. Um, and, and, you know, on top of that, I don't think I, I don't think I'd draw too many conclusions from these, these games here today uh, with that uh, being said with all, all of these players that could possibly sit out. So I wouldn't, you know, draw, uh, you know, take a lot away from a Carolina Nashville game. If there was a lot of regular sitting, uh, I wouldn't take a lot away from, from these last two games between the Panthers and, and uh, the lightning, because, you know that there's going to the Panthers are going to be looking at a very very different Lightning team uh, a week from now. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Just because the games are there doesn't mean you have to bet them. And if there was ever a night that were maybe uh, if a bet doesn't come up, you should uh, trust that instinct not to bet. This would be it again. This is these are all sort of the extension series uh, of uh, of hockey at a whole extension week beyond what the regular season was originally supposed to be. Obviously, with COVID having its effect. Uh, if you do have any plays, we'll uh, announce them on primetime action tonight. How about that? For sure, yeah, I'll let, I'll let you know. And and I think people can expect a, a central division uh, playoff preview and point spread weekly this week because those matchups are set yes. uh, today, so I can work on that. And um, uh, I'll be on Follow the Money uh, tomorrow morning um, to, to discuss some series pricing. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Beautiful. We'll do that, and uh, we'll discuss uh, all series as they manifest and materialize here in the coming week. Thank you, Andy. Appreciate it. Jason Weingarten. Next, talk some baseball with us and Jeff Parlay in studio. Talk about all things basketball, of course, included. It's a numbers game at Vison, the Sports Betting Network. 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 The Sports Betting Network.